You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And uh, welcome back to the show. There is a, uh, well, sobering anniversary that's coming up tomorrow, on January 11th, the 22nd year that that dreadful prison camp on the southern side of the Cuban island uh, in the U.S. naval base at Guantanamo Bay has been opened. Um, There are detainees 22 years later. There are detainees, including what we call forever detainees. We'll talk about that. And who better to, like, really talk about this? I keep wanting to say anniversary. I don't know another word for it. Uh, But Nancy Nancy Tulanian, the founder and uh, executive director of No More Guantanamo's, and Bruce Miller, the longtime um, professor emeritus uh, from Western New England University Law School, our first Monday correspondent and a board member from No More Guantanamo. So let me start with you, Nancy. Um, Tell us, here we are 22 years later. You've been doing this for a very long time. What are your thoughts? Well... I'm happy to see you, Buzz, but uh, I'm sorry we keep coming back like this every year. We hope it's going to be the last year and that this illegal prison and former torture center uh, will be closed. Um, So we've been doing some things. We have some local events that I hope to talk to you about, actually, all over the country. Uh, We are among the um, 100 signatories to a letter to President Biden going out on the anniversary um, calling for its closure, and uh, we can maybe talk a little bit more about that later. Um, And as um, we work uh, on Guantanamo, we consider hundreds of men around the world who have been in Guantanamo and are in desperate straits, and in the last year and a half, we've been working to help some of them through the Guantanamo Survivors Fund. You, Professor Bruce Miller, um, your thoughts? Well, we, we learned uh, this summer uh, from uh, the, the UN Human Rights Council, uh, which was able to send a rapporteur, which I think is French for official reporter, uh, to Guantanamo. Biden administration allowed someone in for the first time a law professor from Ireland, and she issued a report um, uh, that essentially described the history of our prison at Guantanamo as having been established in order to be a law-free zone, a place where people could be treated arbitrarily, where the cruelty was the point which is a a phrase we've been hearing a lot uh, lately. And uh, it was a striking report because it it was the first one from an outside group that reflected interviews not only uh, with lawyers who represent detainees, but uh, uh, also uh, with some of the people who have worked there. And so it's it's very measured in tone, reflects both sides. And the concluding point was that in in some ways it's all still going on. The 30 men who are still there are still subject to arbitrary treatment. 
there are rules on the ground, uh, but they are not quite systematically violated, but arbitrarily and unpredictably violated in predictable ways. So this is all still being done uh, in our name. And, and the legal scene uh, is largely forgotten about. Uh, we do know that the Guantanamo detainees uh, have a right to challenge the legality of their detention. And that's important. The Supreme Court established that. But no other constitutional rights apply there. There is no process due uh, to the detainees. We used, um, we used to say uh, due process is overdue, but in fact, it's not. It, it even doesn't. It right. doesn't ever happen, and and we uh, we are we are in a situation where, in effect, uh, people are held and subjected to whatever treatment, whoever is there on that particular day decides to meet out to them. We also know that uh, for many of the men who have been released. The release has been from one arbitrary prison to another. Uh, people who have been released, for example, to the United Arab Emirates. I mean, I'm just going to correct you sure. because, because words matter. You bet. No one has been released. They've been transferred, transferred. to another country, repatriated. Fair enough. To Absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely right. People who have been declared to be, quote, no longer enemy combatants and who have been transferred. Well, that transfer is often... Uh, into our, uh, another form of arbitrary custody. Um, and, and, you know, for, for people in the United States who are wrongfully uh, convicted um, and it, where that wrongful conviction is, is acknowledged, uh, there, there, there is at least the possibility of some kind of a reparation. For these folks who have never even been tried, much less convicted, sometimes and, not even, usually not charged, and 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 uh, uh, the the rapporteur uh, Fionnula uh, Ni Alan, uh, uh, she found that hardly any of the people who've ever been Guantanamo have had anything to do with the events of September the 11th. So it makes sense that they were never tried because there was never any basis for trying them. They're, they're now off in other places, many of them, where they are considered persona non grata, viewed as dangerous uh, in, in a culture and country that they not, know nothing about and, and continue to suffer uh, uh, mistreatment. So it's, it's, a, it's a horrible story. And the history of it is largely, I think, off our map now. It's just off the radar screen, and Bruce Miller, you, uh, you just nailed it and summarized that report so well. Um, for people who don't remember these kinds of facts, it's been just too long for us to retain facts. It was as early as 2007 that the Pentagon acknowledged that only 5.5% of the detainees at Guantanamo were on the battlefield, um, which was the rationalization for why we can go out and grab them without proper... Uh, process and without treating them as prisoners of war guaranteed under the Geneva Convention, that 86% of them were picked up on a bounty from leaflets which were dropped in the fields of Pakistan and Afghanistan. Um, Nancy Selenian, uh what does this, I keep saying, anniversary, how does it strike you? What does it mean for you? 
Um, well, it's disappointing to say the least. I just want to add to what Bruce said uh, about the um, special rapporteur's visit, uh, which was the first first visit by the UN to Guantanamo ever, and she also met with men around the world. I had the opportunity to meet with the special rapporteur and her team before they they went to Guantanamo, and we talked about what we were doing in the U.S. Uh, as uh, a group of activists and as um, the members of Gu the Guantanamo Survivors Fund, and she completely agreed with us in her report, which which emphasizes that um, the reparations and rehabilitation from torture that are due to each of these men who have been held in Guantanamo uh, is the com completely the responsibility of the U.S. government. And although she expressed appreciation for what we were doing, she uh, and mentioned us by name in the report, she said that uh, it's, they should not have to be dependent on charities like ours. The U.S. government should be helping. The U.S. government is not helping. Uh, the um, U.N. representative did a response to the report that basically said, oh, we treat these men very well in Guantanamo, and you know, it's kind of the end of the story, a very short letter. That's been the story for far too long, Bill. Yeah, so uh, Bruce Miller, Nancy Tulanian, I'd like to go back to this question of the men who are in Guantanamo now, 22 years later. Is there any chance they're going to get out? And if so, how can that happen? Yes. Um, well, 16 of the men have already been cleared. In fact, one of them at How least, many are there now today? Out of 30, yes. And 16 of them have been approved to be uh, Released, transferred. transferred to another country, but they can't get there. So, 16, that's over half. Why can't they get out? Because the State Department has to find countries willing to take them, and the U.S. is not one of those countries. They've had hundreds released to other countries, um, but it's it's not something that's high on the radar of other governments to take these men. Our law still prohibits, our statutory law still prohibits the expenditure of any money towards closing Guantanamo or transferring any detainees to the United States. So we, we do not uh, take um, anyone ourselves. Puts us in a hard position to ask uh, other countries uh, to Except people. Although other countries have, in fact, taken the, many and Guantanamo many have, detainees. Many have, and some of them have, have, have done a, a, a good job of treating people with dignity, and, and some have not. We've got 16 who, who are cleared. And, the, and clear, stop there for one second, Professor Bruce yep. Miller, Attorney Bruce Miller. What does it mean, cleared? cleared? Cleared means that the United States no longer, even if they claim that they once did, the United States no longer sees these men as dangerous to the United States or has, as engaged in any way with terrorism or with an adversarial uh, government. Uh, basically or organization. Means, or organization, that's right. Um, and, and so it, it means that uh, there's no basis for holding them. So as far as the United States government is concerned, these 16 people can, in fact, leave Guantanamo, be sent somewhere to some other country, and it's safe and it's proper for that to happen. That's right. But they still can't get out. Can't get out. I think I can 
I think I can share a little bit of insight here. It was just not that long ago that a number of the men had serious prospects for transfer from Guantanamo. And then October 7th happened. And uh, the majority of the men that are there now are Yemenis. They're from Yemen. And uh, one is Palestinian. And one is stateless. There's an explanation for that situation as well. And all of them, the doors just closed instantly because of something that was happening, which obviously they weren't complicit in because they were locked up in Guantanamo when all this stuff was happening. But nevertheless, the door closed for their transfer as well. So Nancy Tulanian, you were talking about um, uh, uh, actions that are going to be happening tomorrow all over the country. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, Yes, around the U.S. and the world, uh, there will be observations, demonstrations, and fundraising for the Guantanamo Survivors Fund. And we're going to have two in the valley, in Greenfield and in Northampton. Greenfield from 10 to 11 a.m., starting at the Town Common. And then Northampton from noon to 1 p.m., starting at Hampshire County Courthouse. Uh, and there'll be a march to City Hall at 12.30, there's going to be a press conference, a joint press conference, with a group that is fasting for a ceasefire in Gaza. Um, and there are also webinars. If people are interested in knowing more about these events, we have uh, links to more information uh, at nogitmos.org. I How do, do you spell gitmos? G-I-T-M-O-S dot org. Um, And I do want to call out one uh, demonstration that's happening in Berkeley that I think is interesting. Uh, If you recall, uh, John Yu wrote the famous torture memo. Um, We can talk about that if you'd like, but he is a professor at UC Berkeley Law School. And so the group in Berkeley is calling on John Yu to donate a year's salary to Guantanamo survivors. That would mean $500,000. Wow, not a bad gig. I don't think he'll do it, though. I don't think he'll do it either. We're going to be coming back. We're talking to No More Guantanamo's um, principals and board member, um, Nancy Tulanian and Bruce Miller. Um, We're going to talk more about... Tomorrow, the 22nd anniversary of the opening of, well, what started out as something akin to a dog kennel and became a serious uh, supermax uh, center of torture. We'll be right back. We still got the ball and chain. That pretty piece of Cuba. More Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And we are back because this is the time of year that uh, we are all reminded that the Guantanamo uh, Detention Center is still uh, alive and well, that the uh, 30 men there are still um, held in conditions that physicians for human rights considers torturous in and of itself by definition, um, that they are um, without 
most of them without even being charged for anything. Some of them are called forever detainees, and even those that, is, those that have been cleared by our State Department for transfer from Guantanamo still remain at Guantanamo Bay. Bruce Miller, uh, you and Bill were talking during the break. Um, could you yep. could you just tell us a little bit about uh, well what you were talking about? Sure, sure, sure. Well, we were we were talking generally about the thirty, and we've talked about sixteen of them. There are three who are what, what you just described as forever detainees, people who are not charged uh, and probably never will be, uh, who have been tortured and who are likely to spend the rest of their lives at Guantanamo. But there are ten people and we facing that, trial. We should know they're there because the U.S. government says. They are too dangerous to release, yep. but they can't be tried because yep. the evidence comes from repeated torture, and that's why they will stay They forever. will stay forever without any opportunity to contest the non-existent charges against them uh, because there's no basis to charge them for the reasons that you just said. And so our, our solution to that is to hold them forever. We're down to just three. There are 10 people who have been charged and who face, in some indefinite future, maybe a trial before a military commission. Uh, The reason why it's indefinite, and maybe, is that they too have all been tortured. And the judges, the military judges, uh, in those potential trials, are trying to figure out whether to allow the trials to proceed in light of the fact that these men have been tortured. And we should note note that the trial, the maybe part of what you're saying... Professor and Attorney Bruce Miller, is not that the United States government doesn't want to try people because they've been tortured. It's that the evidence that's adduced from torturing people is inherently unreliable, so there's no evidence. It's, so it's, so it's an, inadmissible in the trial. It, it is in, inadmissible, and there are, it's, it's also, there's also a, a, an excellent argument uh, that when uh, a government has held people and tortured them over a long period of time in order to get evidence out of them, that treatment alone bars that government from trying them. Uh, this is an argument that the judges, the military judges, are considering. Five of the people who have been charged... Um, they're, they're lawyers, and these are five Five people, of the ten. Five of the ten. Five of the ten, and these are five who have been alleged to have been involved in the planning of 9-11. They are probably the closest people to any involvement with 9-11. Their lawyers have worked out a plea bargain agreement with the prosecutors that has three important elements. It takes the death penalty off the table, number one. No, number two... It would require the availability of medical treatment, especially for post-traumatic stress and physical injuries resulting from torture. And number three would preclude solitary confinement as a general condition uh, of imprisonment. Those agreements were presented to the Biden administration in September. And on the advice of the Defense Department, President Biden rejected those agreements. So one particular thing that we could do is we could urge President Biden to accept those agreements. It would be a step. It would indeed be a step. So Nancy Tulanian, what are people to do? Um, They certainly can send an email to uh, President Biden urging him to take these steps. Um, and that's easy to find on the internet. 
Um, and please join us online or in person over the next over the next three days. Starting today, there's a webinar that people can uh, register for called "From Guantanamo to Gaza: Resisting State Violence and Occupation," organized by the Center for Constitutional Rights, and that's from one to two thirty today. On Friday, uh, there's another webinar, 5 to 6.30, um, called Guantanamo, Where Do We Go From Here? And the presenters include the UN Special Rapporteur, Fionnuola Niaulin, who we mentioned earlier, former UN Special Rapporteur, and Mansoura Defi, who is a former prisoner and survivor of Guantanamo, and he is also our outreach director for the Guantanamo Survivors Fund. And please also join us in Greenfield tomorrow, 10 to 11, at the Tyne Common or Northampton, noon to 1 p.m. at the Hampshire County Courthouse, where we'll have literature, banners, and signs, and we can use your help and support. And of course, if you go to the website, no more Guantanamo, no more Gitmos, um, no Gitmos, no Gitmos, G I T M O S. Then you can find out more about all these actions and how you could be a part of the, well, the solution that seems forever in coming in um, just uh, eliminating this stain on our way of vindicating rights and vindicating wrongs. Thank you so much for joining us, Nancy Tulaney, and thank you so much, as always, Professor Bruce Miller, and thank you, listeners. Hey, it's a terrible anniversary. Make sure you commemorate it with us. Always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno.